Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Kind of is a privilege just because I might have known these guys for a while, but I, we were out for lunch today, and um, I've just seen, I think one of the most encouraging things is seeing your friends still going at it. And I think week after week, month after month, year after year, you guys pitch up here, and um, someone's prepared something in their heart, and uh, someone's, yeah, with faith, and uh, someone's sat this week and prayed and building into this church and believing God for more, and it's like, and they just keep going at it. And so my friends just keep going at it. And I come back, I, I come here and I'm encouraged. And then like the, the, the clincher for me to, today was, we were just chatting and, um, and Mark and Gabe both made comments that just basically just said, we, I said, how's it going? We are loving it. We are loving it. And I realized like, if we could serve Jesus and continue loving him, well, we can continue loving the people. And if we can continue loving Jesus and receiving his love, then actually this, Cape Town's good, like, Cape Town's gonna be alright. Because that means there's a group of people, there's a remnant in the city, and I know a few people from different churches, they're gonna keep loving people past where they think they should be loved, they're gonna keep pursuing them like, like God does to us, and, um, this city will change. I have to believe that. Um, I wanna say, like, one of the reasons the city will change is because, um, Veeps is quite famous. Yesterday we were at, um, we were at a stadium, and like, I don't know if you guys have heard, there's like a song, about him, yeah. There's like a song about him, like, yep, yeah, you're like a dung. Like, I just kept going. I hold, and it's like, we were, we were sitting like, right in the middle, so guys could see him, but it was, it was awesome, bro. Well done. Like, your fame goes before you. It's amazing what's happening here. I must say, it's not my first time in this building. Um, my first time in this building, you guys used to have like a paved area outside there and a little up duck, and it was 2003. What is that? 15 years ago, my maths not too good. I went to a little school in a small town. Um, and we walked in here with two of my friends, Dirk and Ayanda, and we were on holiday in Cape Town, and we came through, walked to the outside section, and the guy said, hey, how's it? How are you guys? We're like, no, Lekka, Lekka, what's your names? He goes, Dirk, Ayanda, Jeff. And he goes, ha, <laughs> He was part of your welcome team. It's not me, it's your welcome team. <laughs> He starts laughing at us. So we're, okay. He goes, it's like, the, it's like the start of a joke. <laughs> it's like this is our first moment walking into the church. He's like, it's like the start of a joke. He's like, yeah? He goes, a Dutchman, a Zulu, and an Englishman walk into a church. <laughs> that was it. And he walked away. <laughs> so I'm happy to see you guys have gotten better at welcoming visitors. That was my experience. It's like, for reals, 2003, it was intense. Haven't been back since then. <laughs> but I want to say tonight, um, I want to talk about something of a dream that lives for more than just myself. It's the, the guys that I know that are sitting here. And um, I'm supposed to be preaching the same thing that I did this morning. But I feel like as worship went on, like God's just doing something in my heart. And I feel like I want to, I want to charge you to, um, I want to charge you to something more. To something more of what God's, doing in the city, to be part of more of what God's doing in this church, to understand more of your identity in Him, to receive more of what He's already giving to you, but you're not able to take hold of it because your hands are holding something different, and you can't take hold of the things that God's about to pour out in this place. When God's about to do something new in this church, 
and you can't be part of it, you can't take hold of it because your hands are holding on to something else, I want to give it a charge tonight to say, can you still dream? Martin Luther King Jr., he, he had a, he had a, that famous, you know that famous quote that, 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 um, that day that he stood up and he said, I have a dream. And he just spoke about like unity and just racial divides being destroyed. And he had this dream that people would come together. But I had a sense, like the whole of today, like the whole afternoon, I've had this sense, like I have a better dream. I have a better dream than what he had that day and he presented to a nation of America that spread throughout the world. I have a better dream tonight and it's been living in my heart for decades. Not that old, but a couple of decades. And it's still living in my heart. And after all these years, I feel like it's, it's, it's only starting. And what I want to say is, I know there's people sitting here tonight and you say, surely this is just the beginning. Chatting to these two guys today, it's like, Something of a sense in their hearts is like, I know they believe that surely this is just the beginning. This can't be it. And then we just manage it for the rest of our lives. And we just keep going. And hopefully we don't lose momentum. Surely there's more momentum to take hold of. Surely there's more church plants to go out of here. Surely there's more businessmen that get the dream from God that start things up and change our nation. Surely there's more people sitting here in our mor- in this mor- in the morning meetings this morning, in Milnerton, yet tonight, in this church that God's placed here, that will meet each other, and together God puts a dream in their hearts that will change people's lives. Surely we can take care of the orphans of this, of this city. At least this city. Surely there's more. Surely this is just the beginning. Surely this is just the remnant that God's kept together for a purpose. Surely. And I know I'm appealing to something in each of your hearts. There must be something in your heart that it appeals to. It says, Surely this isn't it. Surely I haven't got to 36 and I have to settle for the, the space I've come into and now I just have to hold the enemy off. Protect my children, protect my home and stay safe. Surely this is just the beginning of pioneering. Surely I can trust God for more. Surely he has greater dreams than I can dream up. And I promise you I can dream up some dreams. See, my Bible says that what he dreams of would scare us if we knew about it. And Genesis 1 starts like this. It says, God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. I love that word, just fill the earth. What's God putting in your hands to fill the earth with? What's he put in your heart? And subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground, then God said, I give you every seed, every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that, ha- um, that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath and life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. And then he creates man, or just before this, he creates man, and he's like, it is so, so good. And he gives them this mandate. And the incredible thing is just after this, it's like the enemy, the devil gets into this mandate, and he corrupts it. He just corrupts the code of humankind. And from this day when the possibilities were endless, when, we, when any dream you could have and anything you wanted to do could far be exceeded in reality than what your dreams were, where what God had told them to do, they could take hold of, and there was still some more space, and more, and more, and more. From that day on, the enemy just started to intimidate them, and push them back, and intimidate them, and push them back. 
until they settled for a little corner. And then all through Scripture, we see this, this struggle to reclaim and to regain what they had come into. The mandate that had originally been given to them. And I just, I have a sense tonight, like, that God wants to declare over you, like He wants to redeclare the mandate over, the, over you. As individuals, as a church, He's like, can you have a greater dream? A bigger dream than one element of racial, one of my, one of my passions. One of my, my wife knows, people that know me, I am passionate about reconciliation. I'm passionate about seeing the, the discrimination and the segregation in our nation, like, not just restored, but, like, revamped and rediscovered. We rediscover the way God meant for South Africans to live together and what we could do with harmony in this nation and unity. Like, I'm passionate about it. But that's not the full extent of God's glory coming on earth. That, that dream that he had, I believe we've got a dream that God's put in every single son and daughter of God that exceeds anything any man has ever dreamt, that could never, ever be contained. As, lo- as long as the, the life of God is inside of you, it cannot be contained. It should not be squashed. And, it should be. and I hope tonight it's fanned into flame. When he says, I've given you all of this, everything you see, he goes on to say, every tree. I love just the, the picture of that. Every tree, every life-giving tree I've given to you. Everything you see I've given to you. Now go Go and rock it. Just go and create. Go and dream. Go and have dominion. Go and bring people together. It's like, go and do what I've made you to do. And when he comes looking for them, they've disappeared hiding in a corner of the garden. And I want to call Christians out that are hiding in the corner of the garden. Maybe it's because of sin. Maybe it's because of insecurities. Maybe it's because of your upbringing. Maybe it's because of your theology. But I want to say to you tonight, you have a Father in heaven who's calling you out. Saying, my call over your life is not determined by your personality. It's not determined by your view of yourself. It's not determined by what other people have said about you. It's not determined by the state of the church right now. It's not determined by what Christianity and what Christians have achieved till now. It's not determined by the stereotype of being a Christian. It is determined by the fact that I've made you a son and a daughter in this city. And I've said, now go take over the city. Now go have dominion. Now go into the city and show them what it's like to truly live. And so, like, I'm praying tonight that God would dump life into us. That we're just, we're about to just take the dust off of our minds again, of our hearts. And we just start to dream again. Like, what is possible with God? There's a scripture I might get to. It says, like, this is not possible with man, but all things are possible with God. That doesn't mean anything you can dream up. It means anything that God has declared is possible. And if you add yourself to it, and like Jane said, his mandate is, it come, comes onto this earth through the local church. It's the avenue, it's the sort, like this is the place where God works out his mandate on earth. You know what? I've always said local church is not as impressive as we would like it to be. But it's more effective than we could ever dream of being. I think sometimes as local churches in our country, or I think around the world, in the Western world, we're trying to make it more impressive. Well, I think we should have a greater impact in the world. I think we should surprise them. We should be that, like, that David hiding. We've got all the brothers lined up here. 
And I think maybe this is a word for some of you here tonight. All the, the impressive brothers lined up in the front row. He's like, no, 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 there's someone missing. There's someone missing. Someone that God's put his, the call of God is on him. My hand is on him. There's a mandate on him. He's about to become the greatest leader and king of Israel. God's hand is on him. He will kill the enemy. He will subdue the earth like what the original mandate was. He will dream that there is a place for his people where they take over, where they retake Jerusalem. It's like there was this call. Where is he? Where is he? Like, no, but look at these impressive guys around. No, 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 no. There's a small boy hiding out in the thickets, looking after the sheep. Where is he? Bring him to me. Where is he? Ah, there he is. There he is. And I think God goes, there you are. There you are, my boy. Come, come. No, no, look up, look up. Lift that chin. Look up at me. Hey, my girl, come here. Come sit on my lap. Listen here. I've got a, I created you. I put you together in your mother's womb. I started loving you as you made little sounds in the womb. And then as you were born and your parents looked at you and they thought, oh, so innocent and pure. I started dreaming of the mandate that I've put on your life and the things I've called you to. And I was quite disappointed as I did that because I realized there'd be children in your class that would speak other things over you that would squash that and would push you to the corner of the garden hiding under shame because of some of the stupid things you would do because of the insecurities that would be bred. But actually, no, today, David, I'm calling you. Come here. No, 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 my boy, look at me in the eyes. I've called you to something. And it will change a nation and it will give them hope again. And it will birth something that will be spoken of for centuries and decades, millennia to come. Christians will have courage because David said, we can do this. And I feel like, it's like there's something yet tonight where God wants to just look up. No, 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 look me in the eyes. And the Father in heaven wants to say, my boy, my girl, stop believing the lies. Don't shrink into the corners again. Let me show you what I've called you to. It's going to freak you out. It's going to scare you. Not me, Lord. And then I'm going to start to... If you just let go of a few things, I'll pour out my grace on you. And as I pour out my grace on you, there's a confidence that's going to rise up because you're going to realize that you've always been my son. You've always been my daughter. I've always believed in you. You just stop believing in yourself. And as you start to believe that what I put inside of you is real and true, and some of those stirrings you've always had were actually from me, and you start to purify them. And then you start to practice those gifts. And as you start to practice those gifts, sometimes you're going to miss it. Sometimes someone's going to laugh at you. But then so many times you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, there's something sweet here. You start to share something with your friends. And they go like, what? Some of them think you're crazy. And then one of them is going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me more. And you realize, like, this is, this, is, this is the Father in heaven putting words in my mouth. He uses me? And he goes, yes, my boy, you. I've got a king's mantle I'm going to put on you. God starts to change something. I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be preaching, but I really do feel like God wants to, he wants to rise, raise something up inside of us where the enemy has allowed, us to, allowed the enemy to subdue us. And we continue with our religious duty. We keep coming to church. We even read our Bibles looking for hope. We even pray and call, ask God to come and change our situations. It's like our religious duty continues. Our love for him continues. But I... But we need to learn to look him in the eyes again. Those vicious fire in his eyes 
fire of warmth and love and fire of passion and scary at times. And he starts to look at you and you almost want to look away because you're like, he's too vicious. But that viciousness is fighting for your soul and your future and your marriage. It's fighting for your singleness and your purity. It's fighting for your future. It's fighting for the mandate God has put on you that people have tried to strip off of you and put to a side and say, not you. And then when you made a couple of stupid mistakes like me, you disqualified yourself. And you said, actually, maybe I, I do believe that he had a purpose for me, but there. now it's gone. I want to remind you, he's the God of the second and the 2,000th chances. He cannot disqualify his son. I can't, like, how many times has my son done something wrong after I've told him? And he looks me in the eyes, especially Travis. Oh, my. <laughs> he looks me in the eyes. Sometimes he's got that. And sometimes he's got like, Dad, I was stupid. Don't even say sorry. Come here. Come, my boy. And I think it's like, not that we shun sin and we just deal with it. But Jesus, the pure, spotless one, when the Father looks on us, he sees him, and he's covering us. He says, just come back to me. All I need you to do is just come back to me. Don't worry. The Father looks at you. He sees me, the pure and spotless one, the one who died for you. And I... I read this and I say, like, be fruitful and increase. You see, fruitfulness, you cannot be fruitful without intimacy. You can't. And I know that there's other ways now, but God's design is that through intimacy, there's fruitfulness. And um, I remember, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad's here. I think this is the first time you hear me preach. Yes, that's what I do for a living. But it's, it's a, yeah. And um, this morning, my gran was in Milnerton. And um, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a home that was like viciously Christian. Um, I remember we moved to Mossel Bay. My parents had a dream of a place out, up in the mountains. And we're still trying to find a local church. And we were like, either we can find a local church or we can take the church to the people. And they went and found like some crazy people in the mountain. A place called, what was it called? Tannery Cliff or something like that. It was like this these people had lived in the mountain in broken down houses. And um, we took the gospel there. For a couple of years, every Sunday, we'd drive out there. And eventually, they planted a church there in a little house. And it's like, that's the kind of home I grew up in. And we got involved in the churches that we eventually settled in. And um, we, like, Jesus was everything. He was our only hope. He's all we could, he, he was all we could turn to. And my wife grew up in a church that she, she was born after her dad had planted the church. And until the time I married her, her dad was leading that church. And she just got dragged everywhere. Into church, out of church, into prayer meeting. Hurry up and eat. We're going. It's just like the, the church life. And we grew up in church homes and, and serving Jesus kind of spaces. But there came a time where we had to like ask God, you, you step out of home and we work with students. So we've had to, we see it all the time. You ask God, what do I believe? I remember my first year out of home, like my, even my high school years, I got up to nonsense. First year out of home, it's like playing around. And then one day I felt like God said to me, so, um, so you're coming back yet? Or are you still going to keep playing around? And it's like that day, I was like, nah, it's fine, I'll come back. <laughs> it was pretty casual, wasn't a big moment. And um, I felt like God said, okay, cool, now we can carry on with your life. And uh, as we've been married, we've just felt like whatever God tells us to do, we're going to do it. And so when I was, I was studying, we started a community in our lounge, which moved to a double garage, which moved to a triple garage next door, and we had like close to 100 people there. And we are just 
worshiping and praying and doing it. And then eventually I met, found 3CR, took, wanted to take the people there, realized that's the real deal. It's just like this. And I just threw myself into local church. And it's just like we just kept serving Jesus. And I met my wife through church activities. And we just carried on. And we took over the youth. And we just said yes to that. And then eventually I realized, like, I don't know what to do with teenagers. It's weird. And like a year later, we handed it over. And then we heard this prophetic word that God wanted to use students in our church. And we looked around and we only saw three. We thought, well, it's either an incorrect prophetic word or it's not yet. So we're like, we went with not yet. It was like, just like, let's go with not yet and try it out. Tried it out, started a prayer meeting on campus. There were like five of us. The next week there were six of us. The next week there were 10 of us. And eventually there were like 20 guys. And we thought, let's start a life group and see if there's life in it. And eventually we started a meeting on 10 years ago on a Friday night. And that meeting grew. And we've had thousands of students and young adults come through, literally thousands, and go all over the place. I saw a whole bunch of them this morning. It's like they're, they're all over the world now. And it's like we just kept saying yes to Jesus. But along the way, People go like, oh, it's amazing. Gable's at our 10-year celebration. A whole bunch of people are like, oh, well done, Jeff and Jane. As if we just like kept the faith. But actually along the way, lots of times we're like, this is too hard. This is too hard to say yes to Jesus. And then there were people in our lives that said, but you know, remember, remember what you said. Remember who you are. Remember what he's called you to. What's the alternative? And I was like, yeah, what is the alternative? But we're like, Yeah. Let's keep going. And we have people in our lives that just called us into more. And we're at a place now where we just feel like God's like saying, I've got a new adventure for you. Just felt it for a while. And I felt like God said to me recently, if it's half the salary of what you're earning right now, would you take, if, it, if it's my new adventure for you, will you take it? And I was like, ah. like I'm going to say yes because then I passed the test and then hopefully that's not actually what he wants to do. <laughs> but actually in my heart, I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. Why would we do anything else? (laughs) The very purpose of our creation on planet Earth, to go into the world, to find, to search people out. Our house has just been filled with people. We had, we would meet in this house. We rented a house until it got too small. Then we were like, it's too small. We need to find another house. Couldn't find a house to rent. We found one and we were like, but we need to bash the walls down. Spoke to the state agency. She was like, no. So then we're like, oh, then we need to buy it. So then we bought a house. We didn't have the money. We just thought, let's go for it. We bought the house with another couple, bashed all the walls out, seated 120, sometimes 150 people in our lounge, had a Friday night meeting, just kept, just pouring out the gospel, pouring out the gospel. People left. People you know, went, got the, like, it was just like, guys got up to nonsense, and you like pour your life into someone, and they're like going, you're like, huh? Like, are we doing it wrong? But like thousands of people came through, and eventually, Five weeks in a row, the cops closed us down. Then eventually council came and closed us down officially and said they're going to like take our house away from us. We're like, whoa, okay. So we found a venue. We moved into the venue. Within a month, it doubled. And it's just like people just keep coming. And like, this Friday night, yeah, this Friday night, we were there. Three people just came to us afterwards. And they were just like, you didn't give all, the, the, you didn't like ask if anyone wants to get, like become a Jesus person kind of thing. And me and my two friends like heard about this stuff and, um, can we become one of those people? <laughs> and in that moment, I realized, he's called us to dream again. You see, I had dreamed 10 years ago that there would be 2,000 people. We would have to find the biggest venue in Pretoria. Literally, 10 years ago, I thought within three months, we're going to need a 2,000-seater. You know what? Soon, the newspapers are going to write about us, and then the TV cameras will arrive. And it's like, we are going to take over the city. 
And if Pretoria is the capital city, it's going to become the capital city of the gospel. And it's like we started to believe that it's like, I'm going to walk into shops and people are going to come to me and say, please pray for me. I, I knew it. I knew it. I wasn't dreaming for it. I knew it. And so like two years later, I was like, well, not yet, so let's keep going. And it's 10 years later, and my dreams are bigger than they were, not smaller. The enemy hasn't squashed my dreams. They're bigger. I'm like, okay, well, those, those dreams are too small. That's why God hasn't brought them about. I'm dreaming bigger. Honestly. Guys, I want to, I want to tell you something. When you look into his eyes, you start to sense something of his dream and his passion for his people. And as I dream, when I dream about being impressive, I feel like God just rejects my dreams. When I look into the eyes of the people in front of me and I dream for them, and I dream when I walk down the street on Friday in Hatfield where there's just thousands of people walking past, and I, st- I look at it and something in my heart breaks, I feel like God just increases my dreams. He overrides them. He's like, there's so much more. Come, come, come. Jeff, why are you dreaming so small? And I, I feel like God wants to do that for you. Whether it's a f- one family member or a whole company or something that you've been plowing into, or maybe it's for this church. Maybe you've been serving here for eight, nine, ten years, and it's become a duty. What if God could just start to open your eyes to the people around you again? Your heart starts to break. And he says, you do not have a clue what I've planned for this place. You do not have a clue what I've planned for this city. I know I haven't got to my preach, but we as the children of God are the custodians of this planet, of its wealth and its future but actually of its people. We are the custodians of this earth. I find too many Christians that walk around and are intimidated by secular society, are intimidated. We have so many of them in Pretoria. A lady came up to me a few weeks ago, and she's like, what is this? What is this? That's like, a, there's so many people. And she goes, she finds me, and out of everyone, I'm like, who are you? She goes, what is this? And it's like some Matt Mole song playing. She's like, you know what this is? It's the demonic music of the world. (laughs) I felt like saying something and I didn't. So I tried to be nice. And I was. But you know what, I was like, even if this was, by the way, I know him and he loves Jesus, but even if he was a devil worshiper and his music is playing in our church, greater is he in us then he is a little, like, singer somewhere in a studio singing a song that might even be about the devil. Then bring his music here. Let's redeem something. It's like, come on. Are we intimidated by what the world can produce? We should be so confident of what Christians could produce with a little bit of a dream in their hearts when they see the God seated on the throne above all things, with all authority, with all resources, above everyone, having created you with your DNA and your personality and your awkwardness and your humor and everything inside of you. And he's like, and it's perfect. This is it. Herod, like, wait till you see. Like, like I know sometimes you feel, you feel like, why wow, God, why did you make me like this? And I feel like sometimes I wish I could be a little bit funnier. Like, I mean, like you guys got next week. It's going to be so funny. It's going to be so much cool. Now you've got me standing here, like, just like freaking out. And you feel like, God, why couldn't you have made me a little bit different? Try being a preacher. It's like all your insecurities and your weaknesses just get exposed, and you can just be you. So eventually you just have to say, like, I'll just be me. And then God goes, no, I've made you exactly like that for a purpose. I'm going to refine it, and I'm not going to let you just lean into your personality, because I want to redeem your personality as well. Can I throw that out there? Some of you use your personality as excuses. 
You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a, like a conservative kind of person. You know what? There's nothing conservative about God. The one thing I will not agree with is that you say you're conservative. There's nothing conservative about God. God is extravagant. He is big. He is loud. He is all the time. He is never ending. Like there's nothing, nothing, nothing conservative about God. Might, you have, might he have made you a little quieter, reserved, a thinker? Not absolutely, but not conservative. We need a dream. We understand that who he's created, the way he's created you is exactly what he needs. You to, he needs you for a purpose, and he's going to use you in that way. And I feel like God's telling me, Jeff, don't worry about who you are. It's not by your strength, by your power. It's by what I've placed inside of you. And I think he's called us to live in a spacious place. And... Um, I think it's time Christians start to realize that if God can create the earth and he didn't mind there being billions of people and he has a relationship with each one of you or can, that his purpose for you is not like a little bumper sticker, you can do something great. No, you're not going to do, he's not asking you to do something great. He's asking you to come, be part of something great that he's doing, and he's got a role for you to play. And it's a very specific role, and it's not the same role as Gabe, because Gabe's not a great dancer, but some of you can. But he's got a role for you to play in this kingdom. He's got a role for you to play in this church. And Mark has inspired me for over a decade. As I've watched him from a distance and gotten to know him, he's inspired me. But he can't do what you can do. And if you keep waiting... For someone in this church to do what you can do. You'll keep waiting until the day you get frustrated and leave. But if you start to rise up and believe, like, actually, God's made me. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm going to start praying into the things that I believe in. And I'm going to start to believe him, to put words in my, in, in my mouth. Firstly, to pray and then to speak. And I'm going to put emotions in my heart and care in my heart to take care of people around me. God put something inside each one of us. And I don't know where to go with this, but I, there's a thing with the rich young ruler. I just want to touch on this. The rich young ruler, he finds Jesus, and he says to him, how do I attain eternal life? Basically, like, how do I attain eternal life? And, and you know the story. Like, some of you guys know the story. Like, he's like, what do I do? And Jesus says, well, I'll tell you what, the law, the law, he's like, oh, no, I fulfilled the law. Firstly, he hasn't. But anyway, he says he has. Jesus, like, plays along. He's like, okay, cool, so you fulfilled the law. And he says, he's like, like that, looking in your eyes, my boy. My boy, oh, don't worry, I'll do it all. All I need you to do is just, just give away all your money, the thing that you cherish, the thing that you find all your security in, the thing, that you, the thing that you hold so dear, the thing that gives you identity. I just want you to get rid of that because I'm, I'm about to redefine your identity. I'm about to repurpose you. I know you think you can do a lot with the money that you've got right now, but actually, what I want to do with you, you don't need those resources. You need resources from heaven. And I want to pour into your life. And he's like, so empty yourself of the earthly resources so I can pour something into you. And he goes, no, I can't. And he leaves sad. And most Bible scholars, that, that word is Zoe Aeneos. It's the, the, the original word that's used there. And um, some people, I think often we interpret it as it, like ongoing life after death. 
as eternal life. So English we've interpreted as eternal life, and the way we perceive eternal life is like life after death. But that word actually means, means a new quality of life. A new quality of life starting now. I wonder if God actually, just maybe there's something here that God just wants to pour out a new quality of life. There's something he wants to remove, like the rich young ruler, just wants to take away. And I said it this morning, maybe it's an addiction, maybe you've gone through the whole sexuality series, you believe everything that was said, you desire it, but still tonight you're sitting here and you're not free in the area. He's saying, let go by my grace so that I can fill you. So you've got sexual affirmation, you've got uh, there's, something, there's something in your sexuality that's, um, that the enemy got into. I want to empty that because I want all that affirmation. I want you to look, be able to look into my eyes with confidence. And I wonder, like tonight, if there's anything you need to let go of. Just let go of so that you can look him in the eyes. You see him looking at you going, my boy, my girl. <laughs> and I know tonight I haven't spoken into something specific and you can't go away from here tonight with i'm sorry because i i hate it when people preach to me like this i'm like give me three things and i'll go do it but somehow god in scripture also just tries to get in there and the pharisees say to him tell us what to do and we'll do it and he goes you don't get it i want your heart because once i got your heart i've got your hands but i want your heart and sometimes our hearts have become hard because we're actually scared of exposing our hearts to god Maybe tonight God just wants to take something away. It's just that, that thing that doesn't allow you to look up. Just wants to remove it. Just remove it from you. See, for us, we've, we've tried to serve God as best we can our whole marriage. And we come to almost 13 years into our marriage. We feel like God's going, I need you to let go of a few things. And so there's two specific things God's spoken to us about. It's good things. It's ministry. <laughs> it's like... Two of the areas we are, the biggest things in our life, that, the thing is we're starting to get identity out of it. Our identity starts to come out of the things we do. And God's asking us to let go of it because he wants us to take hold of something new. And we have to be obedient to him. It's, it's, the, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Having to raise people up and to release them into something that I feel I can do and I'll, I have to let them do it. But that's my story. What is it you need to let go of so you can take hold of what God's got for you? What is it that you just need to, it's like, it's, it's, it's scary to let go of the thing that holds you up. Imagine someone that really needs a walking stick and now has to let go of it because God says, no, you can't walk. Let go of it. Jesus says, take that cloak off and stand up, follow me. That, that thing that gives you identity, I'm a beggar, I'm a, it's like, no, come, let go of it. Throw it away. You see, we, um. One of the reasons we bought the house and we, we've tried to disciple people as best we can and we've seen those thousands of people come and hopefully we've sent a few of them to help out other churches and hopefully they're good ambassadors in New York and Dubai and uh, London, lots of them in London and Australia. I hope that they're carrying the gospel inside of their hearts. But all we tried to do was, I just wanted to take seriously, like go into all the world and make disciples. You see the mandate that was given to man in the beginning was given to Israel. Now leave this place. Firstly, to Abraham, actually. Can I take a step back? Leave the place that you know and go to a place that I will show you. Leave everything you know. Let go of the past. Go of what you've known till now. 
even in your old age, go to a place. Then Israel, come out of captivity, walk through a desert, and I'll take you to the promised land. Let go of it. And then the mandate comes again through Jesus. He's, and Jesus just says, go into all the world and make disciples. All of the world. Everything. One of the words that comes through in that Genesis passage is every, every creature, every. And then eventually it says everything that you see. It's like, it says, go into all the world. All the world. There's so much more in there. I wish I could spend a night on that. Like all the world and make disciples of all men. I feel like God wants to restore, restore a mandate over you tonight. So, I've called you for so much more. There's something that you've held on to along the way. And it's like you can't take the next step. God says, let go by faith. Let go. Let go of the unforgiveness. Let go of a decade of resentment. Let go of that, lo- that old church. Can I say, lastly, maybe there's some of you, yeah, tonight, there's a church you come from. And you've joined this place, or you're busy joining it, or it's your first time here. And you're saying, you know what, I want to be part of this community, and I believe in local church, but just never ask me to. Just never ask me to again. Like, that I won't, it's like, just let go of it. Let go. Let go of the past, so you can walk into a place that I will show you.